learning how to be your best from the best. This is The Conversation with Charles Ellison. In the continued conversation, David Giddens, real estate investor, entrepreneur, and host of the Motivational Monday Show, talks more about the life change he went through in recent years, how it's motivated him to stop making excuses in life, but to use his ambition to look for solutions to move him forward. I just wanted to know more and more um, about what being a true Christian had to offer and how it could benefit my life and others. And uh, as that happened, I just, I could just, you know, see it in myself that I, I just kept growing and growing and, and starting to become a better leader, a better husband, a better father. And it just blossomed into, I just kind of transformed me into the person you see today. Yeah. The person that you had no idea who I was a year and a half ago. Yeah. You know. Well, it's, it's kind of a paradox, isn't it, to where giving your life to Christ, in a way, gives you more control over your life, right? It's, in a way. It's a crazy thought. It's, kind of, it's, it's interesting how you, know, you, know, you give your reins to the Lord, and the Lord basically shows you how to be free in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk about that at church sometimes, or Pastor Lauren talks in his sermons about how, you know, and I can see it before, I didn't want to come to Christ because I thought that meant I have to give up all these things that I thought, you know, brought me joy, you know, smoking and and alcohol and, and women or, you know, you name it. But it was only when I came to the Lord where I realized that I was in bondage by those things yeah. and and doing my best to be a good Christian was when I felt the most free, when I felt the most secure, and when I felt that I had finally reached identity for who I really am. Yeah, it's almost kind of like you're you're swapping out the dirty high for a clean high. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Every, everything that I have today with my ambitions, my goals, my my fixed relationships, everything. I feel like when I got baptized, I got this this veil taken off of me. They describe it in the Bible, but I feel like I was living in a cloud until I got baptized, huh. and I'm as able after so to see not only what the world is all about, but what you know my relationships, why the things that I were was doing to benefit myself was um, affecting myself and others negatively. Yeah. And that we're not all meant to just live for what we want. Most people, that's exactly what we do. We, yeah. we just live for ourselves. We don't, we don't live for others. We want me, me, me. And maybe that's, maybe that's by design. I don't know. It says in the scripture that the devil does not want you to be on his side. Mm-hmm. The devil wants you to be on your side. Right. And that's what's going to lead you away from Christ. Right. And I can see that as clear as day, whereas before I was just living, I was doing what I wanted to do. If I wanted to be, you know, mean or or nasty to somebody, if they, you know, got in my face about something, then I'd just do it and I'd get that little bit of comfort. But, you know, things like that never benefit anybody. Yeah. It gave me a smidge of satisfaction and, you know, maybe I ruined that person's day. Maybe they outlash uh, for a reason, because maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe they are having issues with their kids. I don't know. They lashed out to me, and instead of being like, listen, 
you know, dissolving the situation, mm-hmm. being a light in their dark place, yeah. I lash back and it didn't benefit me. It probably put them in a deeper hole wherever they were. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it doesn't help. Negativity, it's contagious and it's poisonous. Right. It's like an energy. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's an energy that, that we choose whether or not to follow after the positive or the negative. One of the other things that I've seen is that your son is like a mirror image of you. And what I mean by that is that the way that I found out more about you was actually through your son. Your son was the one that said to me this quote. He said to me, no excuses, just solutions. Your son, your son, who is, I think at the time he's, I think he's about, he's in first grade right now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably five at that time. though. Yeah. How did he come upon that, uh, that idea? No excuses, just solutions. Because I instilled that in him. Because kids are kids. They get lazy. You know, so anything. I'd, from him not wanting to ride his bike to him not wanting to open fruit snacks to him just not wanting to do any, you know, wanting to do minor things. I wanted to instill in him that, you know, instead of making solutions about why you can't do it, you know, because it's too hard or it's challenging, discover a solution, and then that's how you're going to get to it. And it's funny how you say, though, that he's a mirror image of me because that is probably my main motivator to keep in this positive mindset Mm -hmm. is because I know that in the back of my mind he is a mirror image. So if I am a pessimist, he's going to be a pessimist. If I am an optimist, he's, I mean, his potential is outstanding. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's five years old and he's, you know, repeating these things and he knows that if he can't figure something out, he better have tried a couple times before he said, dad, I, I'm having a real struggle with this. I tried this. I tried that. He's coming up with solutions on his own. Yeah. On top of that, I tell him, that if he says can't, and if it's, it's got to be legitimate, like, you know, he says I can't climb on top of the roof by myself, mm-hmm. then that's understandable. But if he says I can't because he's just being lazy or he hasn't, he hasn't tried it, mm-hmm. he's got to give me 10 push-ups. Awesome. And I'll, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, do, I'll yeah. do those 10 push-ups with him. Yeah. But guess what? He doesn't say I can't anymore. Yeah. You know, if he slips up and does say it. Yeah. Guess what? I, I say, oh, it sounds like some push-ups to me. You ready to go? And, it, <laughs> and he instantly figures it out. Yeah. So It's but, empowering, I bet, for him. You know, it, it sounds like it's something that uh, there's always an action. Mm-hmm. There, there's always something that he can do rather than just kind of sit around on the sidelines and just kind of mope about it. Right. You know, you're, you're prodding him into mm-hmm. you need to take action. Just don't think about it. Yeah, right. absolutely. And that's a lot of what I've been learning, too, following inspirational people is you can think about what you're going to do. You can wish about it. You can pray about it. Mm-hmm. But if you take no action, you're not going to get those things done. It's useless, done. isn't it? You, get, you yeah. get none of those things done. Yeah. You know, I even feel like, you know, in the, in the aspect of, of prayer, prayer is powerful. Yeah. But if you're not willing to take advantage of the opportunities that God puts in front of you yeah. to make your situation better... It's, it's worthless. I mean, I feel like when God has to intervene, we've exhausted all options. Right. That's okay. It's time for him to step in. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Do you feel that you're lucky? <laughs> That's funny. I never thought I'd get that question because I see a lot of, like, people that have done it, you know, that are super successful say that 
you know, they get that question a lot or they get blamed for being lucky. I don't think luck has anything to do with it. I think that God had a lot to do with it, and I think that hard work had a lot to do with it. I don't think luck had anything to do with it. A partner. I don't. I don't yeah. go to the casino not just because I'm I'm a Christian. I don't go to the casino because I'm not lucky. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> if I put you know a thousand dollars on black, yeah, it's going to be red. Yeah. And you know I've done that enough times. Not a thousand dollars, but I've done that enough times to know that gambling is not my thing. I'm just not lucky. You yeah. know. I don't play the lottery because I don't think that, that luck is going to have anything to do with me getting the things that I want. And prospering, right? And prospering. You know, you hear all these horror stories about people that win the lottery and they're, they're broke in a couple of years and they're alone. Probably most of them because, you know, maybe they're married and, oh, I got all this money and I'm going to go, you know, blow it on strippers and cocaine. <laughs> so then when they're broke, they got nobody. Yeah, their they're, maturity didn't match their success. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't, back to your question, I don't think that luck has anything to do with it. I think that God's intervention in my life through uh, Pastor Lauren Covarrubias and Joel Osteen and uh, Mount Zion Church and all the ministers there, I think that that had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that the hard work ethic that my mom instilled in me had the other half. You know, I don't know where this ambition comes from. You know, I don't know how I can get up at 4.30, mm-hmm. work until 2.30, get off, go get the kid from the bus, make sure he's taken care of, you know, fed, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Kiss the wife, go back to work, work until it's dark out, make sure the kids are tucked in, you know, read a book until I'm ready to fall asleep, yeah. and then get up and do it all over again. Yeah, I don't know where I get it from, but I do know that it's helped me get to the places that I want to be. Yeah. If I were to just pick up the kids, go home, turn on the television until it's time to go to bed, those things will not get me to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Unless I was maybe lucky. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you feel that your ambition, because some people could view ambition as a blessing and some could view it as a curse. What do you think about that? I can see how it can be a curse because I have to really channel my energy. I have to really check myself. If I feel like I'm being overambitious, I got to really be like, okay, am I, you know, is my family hurting from it? You know, is me being on the phone so much and, you know, my son just wants to have a conversation with me or draw pictures with me? Mm-hmm. You know, I need to time block these things. And yes, because I think, you know, if you get carried away and you're only focused on, the end goal and not living in the present, then absolutely ambition can get in the way of you being successful in all aspects of your life. Mm. But as far as a blessing, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. I wouldn't, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be average. I don't wake wake up in the morning and say, hmm, I really want to be average today. Yeah. Never. Never crossed my mind. And nobody would admit to that. Nobody wants to be average. Everybody wants to be unique in their own way, mm-hmm. you know. But it all depends on a person's motivation. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And motivation starts with ambition. Mm. That's how you keep the motivation gears running. Yeah. Ambition. Yeah. Like somebody today might be listening to this audio. Yeah. And we might be stirring something inside of them. And they're going to be ready to go like a freaking like a gun ready to get fired. Yeah. 
And unless you keep that ambition moving and going every single day, then eventually the gear is gonna get a little rusty and eventually it's gonna stop. Yeah. But you gotta remember that motivation is something that you have to work on daily. Learning how to be your best from the best. This is The Conversation with Charles Ellison.